Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. For this episode of the Coaching Through It podcast, we're excited to welcome Molly Mandelberg. She's the founder of Wild Hearts Rise Up, creator of Magnetic Influencer Collective, and the writer and illustrator of the Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle Deck. She hosts a couple podcasts, Tactical Magic, and Reveal the Game of Life. After spending years mastering content creation and online marketing, Molly finds her bliss in bridging the worlds of heart-centered healing and transformation with practical business strategies of leveraging a message into a global movement. She's a certified NLP coach and access conscious bars facilitator, a transformational leadership coach, and a full-time nomad. Molly works with coaches and healers and conscious leaders to broadcast their messages with ease so they can reach more people and make more money with less time spent. She travels the world full-time and runs her six-figure business out of her self-converted Sprinter van tiny home. Molly loves helping her clients systemize their work and master the magnetics of marketing so they can experience more freedom and make an even bigger difference. Molly, we're so excited to have you join us. Thank you for having a chat on Coaching Through It. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Julie, I asked Molly to come because I think we needed a coach and I think Molly's a coach's coach, although she doesn't think she's a coach at all. <laughs> um, I will say that the work that I do does lean towards coaching very often. And uh, everything I do is meta. I write copy about writing copy. I market about marketing. And yes, I do coach coaches most of the time. <laughs> How did you start this meta lifestyle? I'm so into this now. Yeah, I started my business as a hypnotherapist and I had some soul searching that happened once I realized that I didn't want to do the slow talking induction part of hypnosis anymore. Um, I noticed that in my sessions with my clients, a lot of the transformation and the big aha moments were happening in the coaching conversation that preambled the hypnosis session. So I started to get the feeling of like, wait, you know, I have a capacity for this kind of conversation. Maybe I don't need the hypnosis itself. Maybe I could just be a coach. So I had about a year after that realization of like testing the waters of different niches or niches and trying on different things. And every time I would change my focus, I would go deep into content development. I would create a course. I would create a new email marketing strategy. I would build out sales funnels. I would redesign my website. And I got really kind of good at the content development and the marketing strategy side of things. And finally, I was in like my third or fourth attempt at the perfect niche for me. And I had this moment with a friend of mine where I just said, like, Karen, please just tell me what I'm good at. I don't know what the world needs for me. Like, I can't see myself clearly. Just tell me, what am I supposed to be doing? She said, Molly, you're really good at that stuff. You're really good at making the content, knowing what to say, writing persuasively, and also putting the technology together to make these systems operate and function and like seamlessly connect. And what the words that came out of my mouth were, um, nobody's going to pay me for that. That's the fun part. And for anyone out there listening who's a coach who's struggling with copywriting or using technology and automation to market your business more easily, you might not feel that that's the fun part. Um, and so she had to tell me, like, no, actually, most of us hate that stuff. And I had to come to terms with the truth that most coaches are amazing at what they do, and they suck at talking about what they do. And so I get to bridge this world between really powerful leaders and healers and guides and take them to where they find the words 
to actually talk about what they do effectively. And then also use these amazing robots that we have access to and create strategies and systems that allow them to do more of their daily time doing that deep work and less of it worrying about when they post it on social or when they email their list last or when they're going to get around to marketing their next program or course, putting things in place that will support them over the long haul so that they have less busy work moving forward and more ease. And that's, that just took off. Once I decided to do that, it seemed like the universe was like, yes, 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 do this, do this, do this. And it just kind of grew and grew and grew. Molly, that resonates with me because right now my my strategy is to be a coach who doesn't charge and just only gets clients by word of mouth. <laughs> so right. That's, that's right. very sustainable. You're the <laughs> only one doing that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Now, the thing is here, let me just address that because that's a huge, huge thing for most people who go into business for themselves, not just coaches, but also healers. Anyone who feels like they have a really powerful gift and they want to share it, they think, oh, I've been gifted with this capacity. I'm going to give it away. The thing is, if you've been gifted with that amazing capacity or you've studied your butt off to get good at that capacity and you're not charging for it, then to live in this reality, you must do something else to have money. And if you're doing something else to have money, then you're literally spending less of your time doing the thing you're put on this freaking earth to do. So how dare you rob us of that gift just because you're not willing to charge for it? Yeah. Can't do that. We need you. We need you showing the F up and it actually, I have found, and I noticed this even way back at the beginning when I was a hypnotherapist and I was slowly incrementally going from like an uncomfortable sliding scale conversation to like, no, I'm charging 125 an hour to then like, oh no, I'm selling packages to then my rates went up even further from that. But what I noticed was when I just said it costs this rather than you could pay me 65 an hour if you want that people were getting more out of it. And when I gave them, gave them the opportunity to buy a package instead of just single sessions, whenever they showed up more frequently and they got more out of it. So it's almost like we're trying to be nice by saying, Oh, it's just this amount or it's just free. And you can come back whenever without creating that accountability connection and relationship. We're actually robbing them of a deeper transformation that they actually really could use. So it's all just a mindset shift. And a hundred percent, I've been right there with you. And so many people are, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Julie, you'll recognize this is an intervention. Um, (laughs) I brought Molly on to care front you and talk through, well, not only just you, I think um, this season on the podcast, we we really want to pull back the curtain of practices of coaching. And part of it is your hybrid focus is Um, consulting with coaches and healers and others to say, well, what does that business look like to you? And what do you want to signal as your value? And how do you want to show up and be in the world? And part of it is, um, has a price tag on it. Some of it has some marketing or branding aspects to it and things that I irk at, but I know people care about like, and I looked at your website of just that thought leadership tarot card spinning wheel. You could take the quiz. And I, I think it's really cool. I was like, this is really neat. I'm not sure about that label, but I really like this. And I'm into the colors and exploring the questions and getting the prompts. Um, and I wanted to know kind of like, how do you get people past that irksome feelsome of business when they know they really would do good work in the world if they put themselves out there? Yeah. So not everybody who comes across your website is going to be your person, first of all. And so sometimes those colors are going to speak through whatever words turned you off. 
and pull you through the marketing stuff anyway. And sometimes you're just going to get a no to it and you're going to move on and find somebody that's better for you. What I trust is that the people who are meant to work with me are going to resonate enough with what's there, with what's there on my social media accounts, with what's there in my email copy, with what's there on my website or whatever, that they'll find their way through a door. And one thing I try to do is make the doorways as fun and as beautiful as possible. So like that quiz, even if the language doesn't quite suit you, it's pretty and it asks you great questions. So you're going into a place of inquiry. It's actually one of the most fun ways to interact with people through a free gift or a lead magnet is through a quiz, which is why I teach people how to make quizzes as well. Um, But that is like a gamified experience that takes somebody from not knowing who I am at all to getting to know me a little bit to getting to know themselves a little bit deeper. And then through that journey, through the emails that follow it and the beautiful PDF that you get at the end, you get invited to take a smaller, a bigger step, like a a slightly deeper dive with me on the next thing if you want to. And if not, then you get to just get yummy content until you decide to unsubscribe. Yeah. But yeah, the people who resonate with you are going to stick around and the people who it's not a fit for, that's the whole point of the marketing is to weed people both in and out. Molly, I'm going to make some assumptions about uh, value structures for a second and kind of like put my lens of what I know around uh, like healers, tarot, things that you've talked about and say how much, because you've talked about folks resonating with you, how important is it for you to resonate? with folks who approach you um, or like feel like a connection with folks who like approach you and want to work with you? Yeah. Uh, there, it's important to me as if, I, especially if I'm going to work with someone one-on-one, it's important to me that I feel like we at least vibe a little bit or speak the same language. And I remember early on in my business when I was still very desperate for every dime that was coming in, feeling like, I had to convince anyone I got onto a consult to please, please, please come and work with me. And so I was like leaning out of alignment being like, no, wait, I could help you with your website. I hate doing websites. I love doing my website. I'm not a website person. I'll write the copy with you. I'll give you ideas of what needs to go on each pages, each of the pages, but I don't want to design and build your website for you. That's not my expertise. Um, Not my jam. But I was like, oh, I can help you with that. Sure, yeah, let me help you do your website because I just needed the money so bad. And I remember a moment in my business where somebody came to me and it just wasn't a fit. It was energetically clear to me that it was not a fit. And I gave all my best insights and tips and just laid it all on the table for them in that consult. And I did not invite them to work with me. And I got off that consult feeling so damn empowered excuse my language, because I knew it wasn't a fit and I didn't lean out of alignment to make it work because I needed the money. And I think that when we stand in alignment like that, and when we say, you know what, it is a yes, or it isn't a yes for me too, that the universe responds to that. At least I call it the universe. It might be your higher self or God or whoever, but that there's an energetic deal you're making And when you say, I'm going to be exactly who I am and I'm going to work with exactly who I know I'm supposed to be working with, who I'm meant to work with, and not just take in anybody because it feels like I need to, um, there's a response to that. I think it's easier to expand faster when we stand in alignment in that way. I love that you bring up like how they find you online, on the web, anywhere in your socials to how you do a consultation or for us an exploration session 
really is important and something we really want to talk about this season because marketing, how you advertise and publicize the work that you do as a coach, as a consultant, as a healer, I think really signals to people. And I, like you, have met a couple of folks during exploration sessions and they weren't looking for a coach. And it's us sorting that out and saying, maybe this isn't the right fit for you. And I think fit or niche it comes along with how you're marketing and talking about. And Julie, this is something we wanted to get into this season because we asked a question like how in one of our first episodes this season, we actually talked about um, how are you going to market your services to signal who you really want as your ideal clients? Because you don't want everyone. You want the people that you're really going to enjoy working with and they're going to get something out of it from you. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of ways to do that. And language is, in my opinion, one of the most important ones. Um, I actually, I just canceled a call for my dad. My dad was just trying to call me, which is perfectly timed because my dad once called me and he had read an email. He's on my email list. He had read an email where I said the F word and he wanted to call me. And my dad has no background in business. He is not a, uh, he's not in the rat race really much at all in his life. And he wanted to tell me how he thought it was kind of offensive and unprofessional and how I should probably take cuss words out of my marketing. Thanks, dad. And I didn't need to like rip into him and tell him he didn't know better than I did. But I told him that the fact that it turned you off is exactly proof that it works because I want people who feel the energy of when I use the F word and they're like stoked by it and that fire is lit and they want to get, get going and get to action with me. So people who are going to be energetically turned off by the fact that I swear in my marketing, that's them weeding themselves out. Now I don't need to use like as much as I do in normal speaking, probably too much. I don't need to use it all that often, but when I use it for emphasis, I want the people who are like, F yeah, I'm with you. Not the people who are like, Oh, I, you had me until that word. Like if that turns you off, unsubscribe. You're not my person. And that is absolutely okay. You can still dig into my free content. You can use my resources. You can watch the videos. You can listen to the podcast. There is still lots of stuff I have that might make a difference for you, even if you're not meant to be my one-on-one client or in one of my groups. But your marketing should speak the language of your people. And my people are pretty badass, mostly spiritual women entrepreneurs who would use that kind of language. And so um, another way to look at it is if you're putting marketing out there and you're, they talk about problem solution language a lot. We as the coach often have already gone through the problem that we're helping people to solve and, or we've gone through the transformation that we're helping people who are desiring. And so we don't necessarily have the same emotional language that they use about it right now. Like somebody who's struggling with technology. I haven't struggled with technology since the very beginning of my business, really. They feel caged in by it. They feel stifled. They feel stuck and like stagnant. And they use these emotional language verb words that I would never pick out by myself. I would never know to say that. But every time I ask, and this is one of the questions that I always ask my clients, I knew you're going to ask me that. Um, what's your biggest challenge when it comes to this aspect of your life or business? And the words that they use, the feelings, the emotions, those are exactly what you want to say on your website. Have you been feeling caged in by technology? Yeah, that's me. It's like she's in my head. And so you can actually use the phrases that your clients or your potential clients have used with you in conversation and directly put them as your marketing gold. 
put them in everything that you're doing, every post you put out, every email you put out, every sales page you put up. And that language will speak directly to the people you know that are you're trying to help. And the people who don't resonate with that language don't have that problem. They don't get it. It's not for them. So it really easily weeds people in and out. I would also say on any sales page you put up or any real sales copy you put out there to try and engage someone in a call to action, click, register, book, whatever, schedule, that it's also valuable to say who this is not for. This is not for you if you're not ready to take action. You'd rather continue to struggle. You don't actually want to change anything. You just want to talk about it. We don't want to do that. That's therapy is for that. If you actually want to change something and take action, then coaching is probably a better choice for you. Um, so yeah, long-winded answer, but hopefully that was helpful. Hey, you're in a good company because we have zero fucks given on this podcast. And I will say, I think you're right. It's language is everything. And we do this thing like in coaching, we have our clients like name things, like give a name. Like I made a client's name, their inner critic the other day. And they came back and told me, actually, I've changed it to Karen because of course it should be Karen. Um, but I, I think naming the things and figuring out the language, um, who you are supporting, coaching, healing is really critical. And I think it's important. I've changed my language so much on my website. So that's really interesting to me. Molly, how do you make a distinction of what content is free and what content stays paid? And Great. I've heard of, yeah, I've heard a philosophy about this before um, where, you know, maybe I'm moving on to different things as a business person or an entrepreneur, or like that, that might be less exciting to me, or it's very foundational. And so I want to s- stop having to explain it every time. Um, and so curious, like what your philosophy is on that. Those are great distinctions. Definitely. And if there's something that you find you're repeating over and over and over again, make that your introductory content. Definitely. But that could also be a paid gateway. Like my home study courses, those are the things I don't want to teach anymore, but that still costs money to go and learn all the ins and outs. Here's the distinction I make, and this is what I've been preaching for years, and I think it's really helpful. When it's free, you tell them why this thing is important, and you would be blown away to notice how much um, clarity you can get, how much of a distinction, how much of a perspective shift it can be to learn a new concept and really get why that's important to you right now and never be told how to do it. How to do it is paid content. That's interesting. Yeah. What do you think of that? There are exceptions to that. Like if you're blowing up your YouTube channel and you just want to, like, I should probably put a lot more technology walkthroughs, show people what I do in email marketing and all that stuff. Because once they learn that, they're still not sure how to write great copies. So, hey, you've now learned how to use your email platform. Now come in here to the copywriting cohort, my monthly membership, or to Magic uh, Magnetic Influencer Collective, my six-month program where I help you learn how to market your business. And that would be a great gateway in. So sometimes you can teach them how to do something, but it's not the core of your work. It's the stuff that supports them to need your work. Mm -hmm. So those would be the two ways to think about it. How do I tell them why this concept is important and then save the how to do it for the program? Or what do I teach them right now that then creates the problem that my program or my course or my services solve? Yeah, I was thinking about this, and this is maybe why we could talk about your create, launch, and deliver program is because there's so many times that people come to me and 
I could help them get a, a new job or I could edit the resume, but that's not what coaching is for me. Like coaching is so different, but there's aspects that if I created a short course that was like on demand or self-paced, they could walk through and learn about how to do really good informational interviews to creating a resume for their like niche work domain area. Like that would be like, let them go do that thing. Some of it could be free. And then that could be the entryway into like you said, a program or something else. Kind of what I'm thinking yeah. about. What questions would you ask a client? Like if I approached you, like I have this idea and I'm not really sure how to get started. What do you ask them? So a lot of times people think, oh, you're a business coach. So you can help me start my business. And what I started to realize after a few years is my sweet spot is actually working with coaches who have been working with clients for a while. Now that while could be a year or less, but if they're not quite sure yet what their niche is, I'm not the I, I can do that stuff. But again, I don't market myself as being helping you find your niche or helping you find clarity and like really lock in the beginning of your business. Because while I'm, I can do that and I'm great at it, it doesn't light me up in the same way that the leverage stuff does. So I have referrals for people who are masterful at helping people find their niche. And I send those people over there. And then when they're done finding their niche, then they're ready for me. So I work with people who... Um, so one of the questions I ask people is, you know, how clear do you feel on your niche right now? Who do you work with and how are, how are you serving them? And then I also want to know what their business model is like right now. So, you know, how is it set up? How do you get clients? How much are you charging? How does that feel right now? And what do you want next? What are you challenged by going to f- find that big next thing? And what is it that you want next? So a lot of people know that they want to be reaching more people. They want to have full speaking gigs. They want to have a passive income. They want to be able to take more time off. They want to feel like they're not drowning in their business, but they're actually like riding the wave of being an entrepreneur. Um, And I help them to systemize their business and put that together in such a way that they feel like things are actually working and not just that they are working. I think that's great. I think those are really powerful questions. This is call it for coaching. Um, so you are a coach, even though you're not like in our same coaching training, whatever, yeah. who cares? You're asking really powerful, direct, open questions to get to the, so what? And you even ask like how they're feeling about it, which is also good to know. Cause you're coaching that client. Not like, I love that. You're like, I'm not going to help you coach a business. You're going to coach the client who wants to leverage oh, yeah. and evolve. Two so I think that's the same business mm-hmm. and it's a completely different business model. Totally. It depends on the person for sure. Totally. I was wondering, you talked about this a little bit, but I want to dig into a little bit more. What were your barriers to start your own practice besides getting out of your own way and yeah. saying that's not a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the big ones was definitely finding my niche. There was a lot of drama around that when I was first getting started of like, who am I? Who am I supposed to be? How how am I supposed to be serving people? Because for me, I was not, I was avoiding responsibility. I was avoiding a career. I was so dead set on not having a dead end job that I was really spending a lot of my twenties just vagabonding and soul searching and trying to find who I was. And that led me to like a workshop that led me to an intensive hypnosis certification course that led me to, I don't have a big enough apartment to do this at home. I need to rent a little office. As soon as I rented the office, I was like, oh shoot, I need to be insured. And then I accidentally popped into being a business owner. So one of my biggest barriers was I own a business now. Who the fuck am I? (laughs) 
<laughs> um, how am I supposed to do that? What does that mean? And then I had this identity crisis of who hippie vagabond Molly was as a business owner and ha- trying to bridge that gap and started to go to networking events wearing like all black. I looked more like a caterer than an entrepreneur. Not, I was just like trying to mat, like put a costume on to dress the part of what I thought I was supposed to be in. Luckily, I learned better than that. Um, but yeah, figuring out who I was as a, a business owner and then how that expanded into who I was as a leader how I want to show up in the world. Um, that was the biggest transformational evolutional evolutionary process of stepping into entrepreneurship, I think. And then, you know, my niche was a big barrier that had to be <laughs> deduced and um, sort of weeded through in order to figure out who I was going to be and how I was going to help people. Those are the main two things, like the identity crisis and the transformational healing that had to occur for me to even allow myself to be visible. I used to have debilitating stage fright, so I had to overcome a fear of public speaking like massively in the first couple of years of my business. Toastmasters helped me hugely with that. I'm very grateful. I blew through both Toastmasters manuals in the first nine months, never went back but it changed who I was as someone who could stand in front of an audience. Now I can't wait to get myself on a microphone. I like bought my own microphone and started a podcast just because I needed more mic time. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those are the main three things I think. Molly, how much of your niche found uh, like came from wanting to hold on to some of that hippie vagabond? Do you think, do you think, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, did you, do you think your energy drew that in or did you force that energy out a little bit? I think if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be teaching marketing, I would have laughed in your face. I think that there's parts of my business that seem so far-fetched from the like wholesome, holistic girl I once was, not wholesome at all, the holistically minded like hippie girl that I was years ago. This would seem really foreign, but what I found was a passion for marketing, a passion for words like compelling language and a passion for helping people find the healing and transformation that they need helping the middle steps get clearer and streamlined that uh it doesn't feel out of alignment at all to do something like marketing marketing is such a dirty word in spiritual healing circles i know um but what i've always been is this like seeker this conscious like trying to become conscious, awakening being. And I feel like my business is very much uh, has evolved to synthesize that spirituality and that connection to source energy and that conscious energetics into the world of marketing. And I think that's why I'm filling a really special gap for my clients is that they want that support with their business, but they want to do it with someone who gets the energetics of what they're up to. Um, So I think it's more that I... I expanded into this being the way it was. Then I projected it out and walked towards it. It was like, how can I mix these two parts of myself and bring them together? And it kind of beautifully has unfolded. And you've also done it in a sweet ass van that you work from and travel around the country in. So that helps you. Yeah. (laughs) And I built my life this way because when I was doing hypnosis, I was seeing clients in an office and I was like, something ain't right here. I'm a nomad. I don't belong in an office. And I had to figure out, okay, is closing the office the end of my business or am I going to figure this out? And I spent a couple of years really struggling, but making like huge strides and efforts to figure it out. And then 
you know, once the business took off, it was like, okay, Molly, where do you want to live now? You can live wherever you want. And Molly was like, no, we're going to get a van and keep traveling. (laughs) But now I have an apartment with me everywhere I go and I get to cook great food in my own little kitchen and have a nice bed and go wherever I want to go. I love that. It's, it's like you made it your own, I think. And that's a great message to share with anyone who's listening to this, who's a coach, or uh, we had an episode between coach and consultant. Like you don't have to fit into someone else's definition of the thing and marketing doesn't have to be bad. It could also be, and it is called often storytelling. It is like sharing your experience, creating great experiences. So um, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely do it your own way. Don't try to do it the way anyone else is doing it, especially like I don't teach people how to live van life. Some of my clients actually are trying to and are living van life, but it's more so how do you make a business that you actually want to be running that allows you to live the life you actually want to be living. And if it's not like that yet, what's dissonant? What's resonant? What can you switch and change around so that you're stepping more into the life and the level of freedom and passion and ease that you'd like to be having what needs to change get clear on that all right i'll scratch off my next question how do i live my best van life okay (laughs) julie do you want to ask the next question (laughs) (laughs) i'm wondering molly a uh self-disclosure right as i reflect on everything from the last 18 months like so many of us are uh, and that word dissonance you said for me how, when have you ever ended a relationship or or when do you know, like, oh, this, this person is going to need some more support because that dissonance is like real heavy right now. Um, is that, I, I don't know. Is that making sense at all? Or like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ending a client relationship. How do you know when to really put your stake in the ground and say, we need to keep working? Yeah. I think that piece, both from like the, like, maybe you realize it's not a great match, but also like, uh, this person needs more than I can give, right? Like perhaps there's a, a bigger part of their journey that has been surfaced through this. And how do we make sure they're cared for? Yeah. So number one, not everyone who comes to you is your responsibility. It's their responsibility to find what they need. Um, number two, if you're on a consult with someone and you know that they need support and you know that it's not you, that's a really great incentive to build an awesome referral network around you of other coaches and knowing what their niches are. And if you don't have connections to someone like that, please reach out to me. I'd be happy to connect you. I know hundreds of coaches and healers who work in all different realms and uh, niches and genres. Um, And there is a right person for someone. So don't take it upon you to have to be that for someone that you aren't resonating with. Um, And for the other question I thought you were asking that maybe isn't what you were asking, which is maybe you find yourself at the end of a client relationship and you know that there's more work to be done and you're not sure if they're ready to enroll in another package of sessions with you or not. Um, It's really powerful to put your stake in the ground for someone to actually go to bat for them and to let them know they're making huge progress and that you would really love to see them go all the way to what they desire. And I think taking great notes early on in your relationship with every client makes it easier at the end of a package of sessions to say, hey, this is the stuff we talked about wanting to get to. And look, we made it to these three things and we we haven't made it to these three things. And I would really love to continue supporting you. Is this still stuff that you want or do we need to reassess what your targets are and see where you actually want to go? And is this something you'd want to do is continue working together? It's vulnerable to have that money conversation. It's vulnerable to ask people to continue 
when you were hoping you'd hit all those targets in one package of sessions, probably. Um, even if you did hit all those targets, that's a great conversation to have at the end of a package is what do you want next? That what do you want next is actually the million dollar question that might help you decide what your courses and programs need to be about. When someone's done with a package of sessions with me, what are they asking for next? What's that evolution beyond what I've been working with someone through? Um, and yeah, that's my answer for that question. No, that's a great call out. And we've talked about creating coaching plans for their clients because you're going to go through packages. Yeah, it could be three, six, 12. And you could. it's great for you to reflect and say, look at all you've accomplished, the milestones as you go. And we get towards the end and recognize do you want more? What do what are you looking for? Like you said, what's next and how do you want to show up or what else are you looking for? If it's not me, do we refer on? And I think part of it's either like graduating, like, yay, you've done it. Or if you want to continue to start that engagement of coaching with them, uh, we haven't hit these things. We want to keep working. And what would that look like for you? Um, is always great. Oh, what advice would you give your past self from the work you do now? Um, I mean, my main advice is to not give up, to not give up and to ruthlessly invest in yourself when you know something is actually right for you. I think I've spent a lot of time humming, hemming and hawing early on of like, I don't know, I don't need another course or program or whatever, but I've gotten so much out of the programs and courses and mentorship that I have invested in that I don't think I needed all the emotional drama when my heart already knew, I could just choose. Um, so I think for me, it would be trust yourself and trust when the alignment is there and invest in yourself energetically and you know physically, monetarily when necessary um, to get where you're going because there are people who will shorten that trip for you. You don't have to figure everything else, everything out on your own. It's really much easier to go somewhere when someone can show you the way than to try and forge your own path every freaking time. So for me, it'd be like, let your pride down a little bit, <laughs> get help when you need it. <laughs> this is great. I feel lucky to have had this conversation. <laughs> oh, thank you. I feel grateful to have been yeah, here too. I'm glad we're all connected. We appreciate uh, just you sharing a little bit about what you're doing in your work, because I think it's going to be super helpful for some of our listeners who are coaches that probably need that invest relentlessly right now is what I'm, I'm leaving with um, to think about who they are and how they want to show up because um, they're, they're worth it and their value. And so hopefully this conversation has been helpful. Um, what can people look forward to on the horizon with you if they want to engage and connect with you for any support, if they're a coach that needs a coach? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of fun resources. There's free stuff on my website. There's free stuff and inspiration on YouTube and most days of the week on Instagram. If you want to go the free route, I also have got um, courses and programs happening all the time. One of my most fun offerings that's the cheapest one is called the Copywriting Cohort. And that alternates two calls a month. One is more strategy-based about copywriting and one is more inner work kind of journal exercise call. Um, I also have the Magnetic Influencer Collective, which is a six-month really intimate deep dive into who you are as a leader and how you want to show up in your marketing. And then I have a, for anybody out there who's, whether or not you're an entrepreneur, if you want to radically evolve your relationship to money, I have a course called Peace with Money 
And then you mentioned create, launch, deliver is how to create, launch, and deliver your own program. I have way too many courses and programs. I can't stop making content. If you paid me to stop making content, I probably still wouldn't do it. Um, so there's tons of stuff on my website. If you want to check it out, choose your own adventure. Uh, but when it comes to business and strategy and also uh, getting out of our own way so that we can be the light worker that we are on this earth to be, that's sort of my sweet spot and my jam. And I'm happy to help anybody out there who wants support. Well, we are so grateful. Thank you. We'll link to all things on the wildheartriseup.com and all the socials to connect with you, Molly. But thanks for taking some time out of your day to chat with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.